Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. This is the best of two pros and a cup of joe with LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio. So uh, as the world turns... And so the, new, the days of our lives. Well, listen, uh, the days of our lives or hard knocks. Like I'd actually be more interested in hard knocks covering the Jets now than I would have been during uh, before the season. Oh, good call. It's fall- good call, Jonas. It has fallen apart, man. It is, dude. Joe Namath's Aaron Zach Wilson out now telling him what? Go back up Patrick <laughs> Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little unfair by, by old Broadway Joe. Wait, hold on now. Yeah, because Broadway is old, man. Come on, he's old, you know? Come on. Well, I mean, I'm not sure. It's it's No one's picking on him. It's it's the other way around. But, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm just saying. I thought he was you know. still trying to kiss Susie Colbert. I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all just leave Willie Joe alone, man. Y'all just let 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 be. Well, no one's picking on Willie Joe. Know. I'm saying he's got to stop yeah. picking on Zach, dude. And that's yeah. not. He should be supporting the young buck, not throwing him under yeah. the bus. Yeah, I know, but he, he don't know that he's not supporting him, man. You know, he's old. I mean, that'd be like you coming out after Abdul Carter after that Week One game. Just Damn! Out, bang bang! Yeah. Not ideal. Here's the thing is, I, and I told him this. Floor. That was his that, floor cue. I know, but <laughs> that was his that floor first, cue. That first game, I watched the tape, and when, when you were talking about it on air, I was like, I know why he's bad. I know exactly <laughs> why he's you bad. You said it, too. You didn't want to say it out loud. And I didn't want to say it out loud, either. Yeah. I know exactly why it's bad. Right. It was week one. We, hey, we saw the same thing. I saw what you saw. Yeesh. I saw what you saw. Mm. Same, same. But that baby showed up on Saturday. It's pain the rest of the way, man. Jeez. I saw him speed up the week before, but yeah, you're right. Back to Willie Joe. Um, yeah, leave Willie Joe alone, man. You know, he's well, old. Tell him to leave Zach Wilson alone. Yeah. He did go at him, though. He did go that's for what I'm saying. Like he, he's, he, It's getting a little more than like, it's like getting personal. You know, and that's where I'm like, all right. It's also getting it's also getting lazy. Like we get it, Zach. Lazy takes. Well, Zach Wilson didn't draft himself. He's not the one who's defiantly sticking by himself like the Jets are. They want they're telling him to go out there. They're not making any moves. Apparently, Matt Ryan's not interested in uh, in the job either. So apparently, that's not going to happen. You know, he's just his agents out there floating stuff out there or whatever. It's whatever's going on there. But I just feel like the Zach Wilson stuff. It's now reached a point to where people are piling on. It's a toxic relationship. 
It's, you know, but it's not his. It's it's his fault that he's not playing well. But it's not his fault that they keep sending him out there. And they and he didn't draft this. himself. Is there a possibility? Is there the possibility that his woes are attributed to something maybe other than just himself? Is there is there a possibility that the blame game could actually solely lie? somewhere else on someone else someone's else i don't know i mean is that a possibility i don't i don't think we know it's more than just one person right and i also think like we never got to see them with aaron Rodgers and then without him we just got four plays so we have no idea what they really would have been with i mean aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt by the air aaron Rodgers didn't get hurt other than by getting a physically contacted on a physically contacted play. We oh, do know that. Are, are you blaming the offensive line? Oh, for Aaron Rodgers, I yeah. am. I mean, not for Zach Wilson. I'm just saying. I mean, he, it ain't like he didn't get hit when he got hurt. He did get hit. It was the offensive line. It was someone's fault. I'm just saying. I, I just wonder if there's something else there with Zach Wilson. Is Zach Wilson detached and not even know, knowing he's a, in deta- uh, detached mode? Is he in, like, preservation mode? Like, these people don't like me? Some people don't respond well when they, they feel like they're constantly under that type of pressure. Even <laughs> pro does, does anyone respond well if you feel like people don't like them? Some do. Them? Some people do, man. Some people they excel enjoy like, being. Man, no one likes me, but F these guys. Yeah, some people yeah. do. Some people, yeah, like, they, they can thrive in it. I don't know how. I don't like that. I'm, I'm kind of, like, sensitive. But I, I, some people can. <laughs> I've never seen anyone who can. Like, usually people want to be liked, you know? I don't know, man. I mean, I, I'm not saying that they don't want to be liked. I'm just saying, so shut up, Tony. I'm just saying some people want, some people want, are okay with those conditions. Like they can thrive. And I'll tell you somebody who classically was like that. Um, um, Brian Cox was like that. Like Brian Cox didn't like, didn't care if anybody liked him or not. Matter of fact, Brian Cox could tell you. Another team's fans, his team's fans, f off. Like, like he could, he he didn't care. Like some guys, they just don't care. They're they're just wired to be detached, like from whatever it is that they're detached from. I just feel like Zach Wilson is in a toxic relationship, man. Like this is a classic toxic relationship. Like let's make up to break up, break up to make up. Like it's it's, I don't know. I know he's bad. I'm not I'm not making any I'm not making any excuses for the dude. I'm just saying, is there a possibility that there's another aspect to this bad relationship other than just drafting him? I mean, is there something else there? Is there it could they be calling the games differently for him to have success? Could is there something that could make Zach Wilson not as unlikable and as bad as he's been as their quarterback? I'm just saying. I don't know. There's a lot here that I think we're really milking this thing. Uh, yeah, I'm I, just I, If you have something, I mean, I, I in nothing. my mind, he's so bad. It's so bad. It's so bad. I mean, is there something? Could there be something else, too? He's in the league as a number one, like a top draft pick. Had like we got? We, we had, look at him. You said We said lazy take. We don't. Right? The, the lazy thing, take to say Zach is bad. The, the thing is, we don't know what they are 
with a significantly better quarterback. If the roster's as good as it is and they've got a better quarterback in Aaron Rodgers, how good are they? Because we never got to see it. All we got to see was when Mike White came in last year, there was a spark at least early on. Like there was they there there was something there. And so I, I just I feel like it's piling on at this point. It is what it is. As we talked about yesterday, they're the same team they were last year. Like, there's really no difference, Like, it, it, except they don't have as many wins at this point as they did last year. Yeah. It just it, it feels like at this point people are just, you know, grabbing at the same old, same old line they've been using. Zach Wilson stinks, and he's a bust. And it's probably not very fun for that guy to even walk around town if he even does or, or be around. It's, it's got to be a, a pretty rough time and a pretty rough start to his career, which a lot of people – who criticize him, a lot of fans or people in the media who take shots at him, they have no idea probably what that guy goes through on a daily basis or what his comments are like or what. And now you got Joe Namath taking shots at him for, you know, for whatever his reasoning is. So in that regard, I feel bad for, for Zach Wilson. But, you know, at least, you know, he didn't get hit in the nuts like uh, Sauce Gardner did on Sunday. So at least there's Oh, that. who hit him in the nuts there, James? Uh, that was Mac Jones. <laughs> Yeah. Now, is there any doubt in your mind that uh, Sauce Gardner was hitting the nuts? Because I, I watched the tape on that, and it looks like a, cre- a clear nut shot. <laughs> hey, Pretty definitive. A little, little cup check for you, you know? <laughs> How y'all feel about that? Uh, not good. I, mean, I, I hurt for any man that gets hit in the groin. Any man. Any shot to the groin. Oh, God. Like, that is weird. That's where we're all connected, Okay. Great I don't point. care what your religion is, your politics, what teams you root for. Mm. I, I don't care what you say to me. If, if you don't like me, if you hate me. Yeah. Mm. If you get hit in the groin, buddy, I look at you and I feel sympathy. All mm. right. It is like there, there's a connection between all of us. Great point. And as soon as you see someone take a nut shot, everyone kind of just goes, ooh, yeah. Come together. That feels. Yeah. Democrat, so Republican. Unite together. Yeah, that's not, that, that was where the politics were covered there, but yeah, no, like, no racial lines, nothing. Vaxed, nothing. no vax, doesn't matter. Doesn't yeah, matter. Doesn't matter how jabs, much no money jabs, you got. Don't care. Yeah, you know? big house, little house, don't matter. Homeless, big car, care. little car. You get hit square in the nuts. I, oh, you know, feet, I, no I feet. It. Have you guys yeah. ever been uh, inadvertently hitting the nuts by your kids, like picking yes. them up and they kick all the oh. time? You, you know what? You haven't experienced yet, but Jesus. you're going to. Andrew isn't old enough, or probably not tall enough, where when you pick him up, up they like flutter their legs. And they, he'll, he'll give like, you a nut shot. Me down. Oh, no, like, yeah, put, he did, he did like, it two weeks ago. Put me down. Put me down. He did and it two then, weeks ago, and, and, my, and my wife's looking at me like, come on, we got to go. Like, hold on a second. Like, hold, you right, hold I'm on a second. I'm dealing with an issue you never have to deal with. It's you know like, like it, y'all get birth, but we get kicked in them, and and we get kicked there, and there, there's something to be said about that. Yeah, it is. It's very very uncomfortable. Yeah. There yeah. is something to be said. Yeah. Yes. Um. At, Just what, wait a second. And when do you think the <laughs> when do you think because this is now multiple times that Mac Jones has pulled some stuff like this. When do you think the NFL? Do you think they're going to do anything? We would have heard something by now, right? Uh, he's a he's a repeat offender. Like, shouldn't they do something at this point? I mean, if I mean, it's all film like that, repeat nut shot defender. Well, no, he's a repeat offender in that he kicked. Uh, who was it? Uh, Artie Burns. He gator rolled him. Like he rolled up on his legs. He kicked. Uh, who was it that he that he kicked in the groin? It was last like after year. interception. Or yeah, something, like right? like slid and kicked somebody in the groin last year. Like it feels like this has happened a lot with Mac Jones. Like good for Mac Jones, not just being like you know a lame duck or anything like that. Like you fight for your rights. 
to party. Interesting. Go after go after sauce. Mac and sauce. You think I mean, I'll might. be honest with you. If there's one way of taking a guy out of the game, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. You know? I mean, jeez. I, I, I don't know how to respond to that. Brady, I, uh, I kind of agree. Have you ever cup-checked somebody who was trying to rough you up during a game? First of all, never. does anybody have never. You ever experienced somebody never. wearing a cup? What? Like, no. Or would you know that somebody had a cup on? Yeah, that's why they call it a cup-check. It's called a cup-check for that reason, yeah. There was uh, in high school. But nobody ever wears them. In high school, we had this assistant coach, and he used to come around – and he was also a coach on the baseball team. Oh, and he'd, he'd come around with an aluminum bat and just walk up to you and pop, make sure you're wearing a cup. And well, that this sounds more like child abuse now. Yeah, but why? I'll why be honest do with that? you. That, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> coach Anson was the best, man. Who's the best? He used to touch us in our. Uh, no, nah, oh, a little. Now it seems a little weird. No, nah, a little easy. It, it now explains a whole lot, Q. Hey, like little, now, now we understand a little bit more why Jonas is the way that little, he is. A little, uh, little Easton 34 32, right to the groin to make sure you're wearing your protective stuff. Damn. Nothing wrong with that. It was hey, the buddy, I'm not trying to make light check. of a, a dark subject, but you, you might have gotten abused. A little bit. Nah, Jeez, he's fine. bro. Coach Hanson, he's the best. I don't know. Based on that story, nah, he's a good guy. Oh wow, good guy. Made sure you're wearing your cup. But might, point might is, be an intervention needed uh, here. Over oh, under for real. Over under twenty five thousand dollars on the fine for Mac Jones for hitting Sauce Gardner in the downstairs bathroom. I'm gonna take an under on that one. Be like ten. Think so? Eight. Pretty dirty. Pretty blatant. It on, was pretty on video. Dirty. It was pretty blatant. I'm going to take the over. You want to take the over? Yep. That's pretty Damn. high. going to set an example here. Make an example uh, of Mac Jones. That's pretty high. By the way, uh, I was, said a re, hold on. You said a repeat offender. Has he done this before? Okay, so there was a guy last year who on an interception, he, like, kicked him in the groin or something. There was, there was he, something. he tried to trip him. When he was like running by, well, yeah. but there was already Burns of the Panthers his rookie year that he rolled up his leg yeah. that they were complaining about, and then there was another one last year. So it feels yeah. like there's been at least three different inc- incidents at this point in his career. That's what I'm wondering. So I'm, th- I'm going to say twenty five thousand, and I'll take the over. Uh, okay. By the uh, way, <laughs> yeah, I, I would say there has to be some sort of punishment here. I mean, you just can't allow guys going around nut checking each other the whole time. You <laughs> can't know? do it. You just can't do it. You're going to have guys like bent over, keeled over, <laughs> people in the stands going to be keeled over for those people. I mean, seriously, is there any anything else in this world where, where dudes see another guy get hit in the nuts and they don't just go, oh, man. And like you're, it almost affects your stomach. Like, yeah. hey, you, you want to go get something to eat? Ah, I'm not really hungry right now. This, I saw this guy get hit in the nuts. <laughs> now I can't even think about food. It's the you, know, it's like, <laughs> you know what's funny, though? You either instantly give the solution as to what he should do back What's to What's your dude? solution, by the way? If somebody hit me in the nuts? Yeah. Do you lay on your back, put your, pull your legs in? I'm going to beat his ass, no. Q. Oh, no, no, no. I'm like, saying I'm, going, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going for a solution as to how I feel better. Bro, if better. your kid accidentally hits you in the nuts, like, I mean, your well, kid's Oh, well, that's different. different. That's different. Yeah. I was that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, if somebody this? purposely hit me there, I, I'm, we going to war. You're yeah. going to have to whoop me. Um if if I accidentally got hit in the in the nuts, I don't think I have a. I never had a plan or a solution for it. I just grab them, you know. I just grab them and I go, oh, oh, that was a good one. Oh, that was a good one. I think that's every time I've gotten hit. Yeah, I think I kind of make that weird noise and kind of like talk myself through the pain. What's because that? Did that you do that noise one more time for me? Oh. 
Like Jonas, goes, what, is, what is your sound? It goes internal. Like. What is what my reaction getting hit yeah, in the yeah, groin? Yeah, yeah, sound like. <clears throat> Damn, nice aim. And that's it. That's all I got. I just got more. You really impressed. had to aim for it, huh? Yeah, like you really, like you like, really got to find it. It's like landing a plane on a stamp. And right? also, I'll be honest <laughs> with you, when Andrew would, when, when, like when two blueberries, <laughs> yeah, that's not too, that's too <laughs> good, good, good gummy bears, <laughs> like, like kick cereal. <laughs> Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Andy Reid, the head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, is not happy. Everybody remembers the season opener with Jawan Taylor, the tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs, who appeared to be lining up offsides virtually the entire game. There were a lot of complaints about it. Why aren't the officials making the call, et cetera, et cetera. So he's been flagged a bunch of times since that has happened. And Andy Reid apparently thinks there's some uh, inconsistencies when it comes to how this whole thing is being officiated. Yeah, now that I've had a chance to look at it, I'd even <clears throat> double down more on what I said yesterday. I mean, I, I just think, uh, you know, they've, they've got an eye on them and they better keep an eye on everybody else too because <laughs> it, it, it's to the point of being ridiculous. They, they got their point their point proved 
uh, now out there to, to the world. So let's uh, make sure we're staying consistent. So that was Andy Reid talking about the whole situation. It does feel like they're uh, they're trying to make good for what it, what possibly was officiating errors early in the season, and so now they're they've got an eye on Juwan Taylor, and they just keep calling him and calling him and calling him for penalties now. So feels like the, to Andy Reid's point, they're trying to make a statement and trying to make good for whatever wrongdoing they did early on in the season because they were kind of clowned and exposed for it on social media and other platforms. So there's, uh, there's where we're at when it comes to the NFL officiating thus far. Which Matt, I think fair. you could make the case that it's one of the things that everyone's glossed over this year so far because of the various storylines and what we've seen in the first few weeks. But the officiating is as inconsistent as it's ever been. I mean, go back. We talked about it with the Baltimore-Indianapolis game. I mean, that's, that's pass interference on Zay Flowers. Yep. That completely changes the dynamic of the game. Baltimore's probably still undefeated. Indianapolis obviously suffers a loss, and yet it doesn't get called somehow. Th- that's probably the one thing that stands out the most in regards to the timing of when defenders are hitting uh, targeted receivers is, th- you know, for whatever reason, you know, they're, they're kind of giving the defender the benefit of the doubt. I'm not sure if that's something that they've you know, tried to touch on it from time to time or they're just missing it and flat out can't see it. But it seems like there's a, there's a lot of um, inconsistencies between games and week by week in regards to how things are being called and how things are being officiated. I think holds are way more egregious this year than I've seen. Like the type, types of holds that take place like and not being called. I've seen some pretty, pretty wild holds that weren't called. Like, just, I don't know, but it is inconsistent. And and it's, I don't know. I think you, I think if you're, I guess if you're giving yourself an opportunity to try to enjoy the game, you almost have to block out the fact or, or accept the fact that the referees have been and will always be a part of your happiness or your sadness um, as it applies to watching a game. And you just have to accept that as part of the conditions of the game. Like if it's raining, you got to accept the fact that it might be a different game because of the weather. Like you got to accept that you're going to get calls during the game that you're not going to like and, and or you're going to not get calls and you're not going to like that you didn't get the calls. I just It just depends on what side you fall on, on which team and and what you would like to see. But referees, it's just always – this is the one thing I will say. A referee will never, ever get it right. There will never in our lifetime or anybody else's lifetime, as long as sports exist, where referees get it completely right. That, that's and fine. people are like, oh, this is – this is like this is how you ref a game. Like it'll never happen ever. But, but that's why we have replay. So if they make a mistake, we can we can fix the mistake. Yeah, but it, that you you would need replay if we're really talking about all the things that you you need to nitpick on it if it was the right call or not. It would be every play. There's also did you see the Alexander Madison fumble that was ruled? Uh, his forward progress was stopped in the Chargers game. What the hell call was that? It was ruled a fumble on the field, and then even with replay, they went back and looked at it and said, no, forward progress stopped. No, it wasn't. Like, if you watch the play. But if they they slowed it down and said, oh, okay, we're going to go back. So there's just – there's been things – like Mike Evans pushed off 
so blatantly in the Bears game last weekend that like even I think Tampa Bay was looking around going, you serious? I didn't get called for that? Like Mike Evans broke and, off a And that would have made the difference in the game. Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. That, yeah, that, the Bears, and, they, they probably would have won. And right? let me tell you something. If that if they would have called that penalty, <laughs> Alan Williams' house did, wouldn't have been raided by the FBI. Okay. No, he saw it coming, though. Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, he ran right into it. No FBI raid if Alan Williams and the Bears get that call there in that game. So, oh, no. Who was yeah. that? That's how they be knocking, Sam? <laughs> right. Dang. Yeah, that's how oh, it goes. Oh, no. Time um, to go to the clink. But, yeah, I, I just I look at it and I go, to Andy Reid's point, there's just some stuff you can look at every single game and go, but you're calling that but not this. Like, you're doing that and you're not doing that. And it just feels like it's the same story. And I don't know, if is, is officiating getting worse? Yeah. I mean, you have <laughs> less tenured officials – and the NFL is resistant to wanting to add an, an, an extra official. And look, Dean, Dean Blandino, Mike Pereira, are always like, well, what's that going to solve? I'm like, it, it just gives you an extra set of eyes. It gives you an extra set of eyes down there in the field. If you're not going to implement replay to the extent that allows you to be able to see everything, why not have someone else out there, too, that can help out make these calls? I mean, even though every official that's out there in the field has a specific job, you could still take off that off their plate to a degree and it gives someone else down there to say, Hey, here's what I saw from this angle or here's what I saw you have at the college level. And it's either that, or it's like, we got to implement a way of using replay that allows us to get the result that we're looking for. I have, that's the only other thing. What's that? I have a solution, a suggestion. We're going into uh, a day and age a time um, where the, the, the advances of of technology are so amazing. The entire field is a is a green screen, right? Like it's it's all green screen. So why not just get artificial intelligence to you know connect to the green screen and then have it call when it detects a penalty, a foul of some sort. And then boom, great the flag idea. is thrown. That's a great I mean, they idea. go to they go to another they go to New York every single time that they want to discuss a play. Anyway, right? They call. I guess it New I'm York. confused by what you first said. Like, well, I'm just saying, screen. if you had like, say, if you had artificial intelligence like monitoring the game. Well, first off, artificial intelligence isn't quite there yet. I mean, if you saw, That's what I'm saying. but we're getting Austin, there, Texas. Like, there, unfortunately, was a traffic jam because they had 20 driverless cars that couldn't figure out where the hell to go. No, really? Yes. <laughs> Losers. Well, but, Losers. But, that's, but then you have a manual driver there, and that's where you have the referees on the field. So if the artificial intelligence has, like, uh, like a malfunction of some sort while you're, you're hashing it out, you know, then the, the guys on the field take over until they, they unmix it. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm just saying. And I'm being I'm being sarcastic because honestly, if you did have if you did have artificial intelligence or like bots or something calling the games, there would literally be two or three flags on every single play. So are you talking like ro- like play. robot umps in baseball? They want to bring yeah, why a, not? Yeah, okay, like the electronic strike zone stuff. But like if you're that. scanning the field for like the hands are you're holding or formations or like what Andy Reid is talking about. If, if you felt like he's, he's lined up properly or versus not properly, if it's a rule break or not, if you program those rules into the system, I mean, you would have a, you would have more than one flag. You probably have on average. I mean, you'd have a lot of flags per play. 
I mean, if you really took human error out of the 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 calls, you're going to have a flag on every play, especially from O linemen. And you know, I'm biased to that, but you're going to have a flag from O linemen pretty much every play. Yeah, and you probably have a pass interference on every single pass. I mean, it just is what it is. How many holding penalties did Joe Thomas get in his career? Lee, is there a stat on that? How many times like did four. Joe? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I would say it's under 10 for sure. They said, well, isn't, isn't the stat crazy for Walter Jones in terms of holds? Like, like he never had a holding call in his career or something like that? Hmm. I That's don't impressive. know. I, I mean, it was something like that. It, it, was, it was something crazy. It was gaudy when you heard it. Like, how does he not get that? I know he held me a few times. Uh, Lee, uh, let, Lee, we got an update on Joe Thomas' career holds. Wow. Well, was it just four and one? Is it four altogether? Four and one season? I'm sorry. Give me a second. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, we don't have it. But uh, you know, four, yeah. well, right. Walter Jones, I believe, was nine. Forty-eight. Forty-eight holds in his career, and and he got voted and, into the Hall of Fame. That's a well. Egregious. You have to look at how many snaps he played as well. Oh, I mean, do that by by the amount of snaps he played. How many sacks do you think Joe Thomas gave up? Zero. Really? His entire yeah. career, he never gave up one sack. That's how I feel, pal. <laughs> Damn. Zero. All right, we'll get the answers on that. It's hard no, we won't. Stuff Lee's, Lee's internet's buffering. <laughs> and that was 48 uh, complete penalties in his career. That includes false starts and eligible downfield uh calls which yeah is, i'm sorry give me which, which, <laughs> by the way ineligible downfield hey, that's Lee, not his what the fault. hell you're talking about right now ineligible down ineligible no, downfield is not his fault just because they can't get a screen pass operated yeah time. that's not a joke yeah no, so we're gonna wipe that out so we'll put it in under why did 20. we get so locked in on joe i mean walter jones you know walter jones well i, I think you got locked in on walter jones i think you got, Jonas got, got locked in on joe thomas and joey t baby lee got locked in on trying to get the internet to work and he couldn't and he got locked yeah well, we'll get the That's answers right. on uh, how many sacks Joe Thomas gave up in his career oh, at, at some point. Uh, Zero. Of course. Uh, and also, if you could check Walter Jones as well, too, just so we're uh, oh, you know, we're not offending everybody. Lee. Oh, my gosh. Uh, all right. There were a uh, lot of people that were offended by you just now, Jonas. I, I know there were. That. Yeah, they were like, oh, Jonas. Yeah, he finally showed his true colors. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, I was just trying to help you out. Yeah, Lee was one of them. Uh, by the way, we are brought to you by... That's Exactly <laughs> why Lee did that. Now it made sense. All right, I appreciate Leroy. Yeah, we are uh, we are brought to you by Leroy Graduate Delac. Hotels, your college game day headquarters, with more than thirty hotels in all your favorite college towns. Book a stay this season and check this out. You save up to thirty percent. That's right, thirty percent with the code Two Pros at GraduateHotels.com. That's Two Pros at GraduateHotels.com. Two Pros and a cup of Joe here on Fox Sports. Radio. All right, so quickly, Lee, we got about 30 seconds here. What have we unveiled when it comes to Joe Thomas oh my God. and the number of holds in his career? Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, he did allow 30 sacks in his career. That's over 6,000 snaps. Okay, so that's the sacks, and then the holds we're still working on. Uh, we're, we're at 14 and counting. We're at the last season. We're at 15 holding penalties. Wow, how about that? Career. And 30 sacks allowed. I, I question the the thirty number. I'm going to say it's more like about two or three, but I said zero. Yeah, just for the record. And we're going to get to Walter Jones coming up in hour four. That's right. Know, the program that'll happen there. Lavar, what do you think? I, I, I'm not entertaining him. 
I'm not even entertaining them, Q. <laughs> All right. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Paulie Fusco here with Tony Fusco. Yo, of course you know us as the host of the number one rated show in all the sports talk, the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show. Yeah. Now the suits at Fox Sports Radio gave us this airtime because they wanted us to tell you how great our show is. Why? Yeah, instead of us doing that, let's just let our millions of fans do the talking. Yeah, play the tape. You don't know crap about sports. I mean, why am I even on this crap? Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. That's the wrong tape. Wrong tape. Just forget that. Look, listen to the Paulie and Tony Fusco Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you guys have anything else you want to say about Monday Night Football double barrel action last night or no? Do we want to kind of go in a different direction, have some fun here? What do you I think? mean, I'd personally rather have some fun, okay. unless you want to reset Monday Night Football. I mean, all right, so the Eagles beat the Bucks. Uh, Tampa Bay got kind of exposed. They were banged up. Philadelphia, job well done. Teams undefeated. Jalen Carter at number nine appears to be a steal. Jalen Hurts had flu-like symptoms. A.J. Brown had nine grabs for 130-plus yards. Workman-like effort for Philadelphia continues to roll. And then now you go over to Cincinnati and the Rams. Joe Burrow's banged up. The Cincinnati Bengals get it done, and the Rams are a shell of who they were a couple of years ago in the Super Bowl. 
Well done. All right. A round of applause for yeah. Jonas. Just uh, that sums it up. Quick little reset here. So there were uh, some coaches who were talking yesterday in the world of college football that were, you know, kind of uh, uh, the focal point of what happened this past weekend. So Dan Lanning had some clarification on some comments he made pregame. Uh, we will hear from uh, Dan Lanning here coming up here momentarily. But also Marcus Freeman spoke about Brady, the you know, the la- the 10 players that were on the field and, you know, the penalty and everything else that came out of it. And he had this to say a couple of days later yesterday about that situation at the end of the game. To just address that, right, is that the reality is when, when did you find out it was too late? Right, It was too late. And, um, you know, you don't have time to get – by the time we realized there was 10 guys on the field, you don't have time to get somebody from, you know, the sideline when the ball's on the one-yard line in the front, you know, on the far hash. To be able to – you have to touch somebody on offense to get them to stop the play. And so by the time we realized that, to run somebody out there, you would have got a penalty, but they would have declined it and still scored a touchdown. And so as we talked as a staff yesterday, obviously we can't let that happen. We know that. We, we can't let – 10 guys be on the field and not see it. But two, you know, we have to be able to, we came up with a call, a signal to be able to say, hey, you have to jump off sides and, and, and touch somebody on the offense so you can stop the play, right? And so it was a learning opportunity for myself and everybody um, involved with our program. All right, so can I defend Marcus Freeman? Because if Brady does it, you're just going to be called an apologist, okay? Yeah. Yeah. Like, True. Marcus Freeman acknowledge yeah we made a mistake and there's people that are like oh notre dame doesn't know how to count blah 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 i'm actually surprised that stuff like this doesn't happen more especially in chaotic crazy environments like that to where all this stuff's happening you're driving down the field it's it's bananas the scene uh you know it's ohio state it's notre dame the pageantry everything that came along with it they just got caught making a mistake late in the game. Like this idea that we're now just going to go ahead and, and, and call out Marcus Freeman and they're not intelligent and they're not prepared enough. I get where that sort of idea is coming from, but I think this just showcases how locked in and how buttoned up majority of the time these top-notch programs and just teams in general are. And when stuff like this happens, I'm surprised we don't see it more often to where there's just mistakes that are made in the moment. Remember that J.R. Smith forgetting what, what, how much time was left or what the score was on the clock in the NBA Finals games years ago? When stuff like that happens, it just reminds me, man, 99 out of 100, if not 999 out of 1,000, they're going to get it right. This was just a one-off situation, and they're going to be better for it. There's a bunch of things that I think, you know, people on the outside who, who aren't really big into football, you know, probably don't understand about the operations between every given play. You know, one thing offenses do to defenses, and, and this doesn't necessarily fit this scenario, uh, but it did in other portions of the game, is offenses will play fast at that point in the game to keep certain personnel groupings on the field. So you hit a play. You rush up. Now, granted, it's a two-minute scenario, so in that instance, they have to anyway because of the clock for Ohio State because they were down and they needed a touchdown. So, you know, they're going to be playing fast anyway. But a lot of times offenses try to do it because if you think about defenses, their longest substitution, the distance to run, is when teams are in the red zone. So offenses will try to keep a group on the field. You get a big play that hits in the red zone, they'll try to run up and play fast to get another, to get another play off just so the defense can't substitute. 
and that way they can keep that that group in there. And so there's various elements that that play a role in just substitutions and and how things like that can get messed up. You know, I, I think for a young head coach and Marcus Freeman, like we tend to forget, he had no head coaching experience before he took over at Notre Dame. I always felt like you knew at some point there was going to be a moment where you said, all right, he made a mistake, and it's a learning experience. This unfortunately happened in arguably the biggest game that he's been a part of so far in his career, at home, in the final moments, in the most critical moment. And it ultimately falls on him. You know, I don't know the exact operations to their defense and substitutions to tell you, hey, it was on their defense coordinator. Hey, it was on this coach to be able to signal in who should be out there. Uh, and, and there's no point in really pointing a finger because it's over. And you, you, all you can do is now put in, you know, different mechanisms to ensure that it never happens again. And like you talked about, you know, now the defense knows, hey, if there's like 10 guys out there, we have to be able to cause a penalty. Now, the odd thing is, is that the, you know, he didn't try to or, or they didn't, you know, no, no one on the field recognized it. Like, that's the tough thing is when you're watching it, I mean, Todd Blackledge in the booth didn't recognize it. And he should have seen it and draw, drew attention to it. You know, no one on the field for Notre Dame's defense at the time recognized it. If they did, they should have tried to get a penalty. And I think initially the thought, too, was like, hey, we couldn't substitute in time. And, you know, we would have, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to take a penalty was one of the things they said. Well, it doesn't matter at that point. You know, you're half the distance to the goal line. It wouldn't be quite as punitive. At least you give yourself a chance to stop whatever the next play is, as opposed to playing with a, with a man down. And, and arguably in that instance, the most important guy, you, you know, you needed, which is a defensive lineman to try to stop an offensive line, you know, lunging forward and, and pushing the way in the end zone. So. I think the toughest thing for Notre Dame now is to not allow this defeat to beat them twice. And they've got to go to Duke. College game day is going to be there. This Duke team's undefeated. They play really good defense. they got a kid up front, Dwayne Carter, who's one of the better D tackles in, in the ACC. And Riley Leonard can take off, run the football. He's a second-leading rusher. He doesn't really turn it over. It, this will be a challenge for them, like both mentally and, and really physically off of a physical game versus Ohio State. Duke's probably looking at them thinking that they're ripe for the picking right now. They're probably licking their wounds, and we're going to try to take advantage of that at home. So they, they can't sulk and they can't worry about you know what happened last week. All you can do is fix it and move on. I'll just say this. Um, generally, it's, it's special teams where you see somebody – running out there late or, you know, the the, the substitutions are, are an error. It, I mean, it was a mistake. I mean, that's that's what you chalk it up to. Mistakes happen. It was a big game. Um, usually, just just in terms of reference on, on defense, usually you, you make sure someone's coming in when you're going out. Like, that's generally been – for for defenders that's generally your rule of thumb if you're coming off the field you should have eyes on the person who's coming in for you you don't just go off the field or you don't just go on the field it's like i'm coming off the field i see who's coming in like if we're going from a heavy package to a lighter package i might have to identify as a defensive end or a linebacker a safety or a corner you know that's coming in but generally speaking in terms of sub subbing, especially when it's super loud and different things like that, you always identify the person. You don't come off unless you see the person that's coming on for you. I, I would I would venture to say 
that for what it's worth, the coach is taking the rap for a, an irresponsible, a brain fart of a player. I mean, that would be my reasoning on it. Now, that just is what it is. You generally have position guys. Like, so the coaches that are on the sideline, you're responsible for the substitutions of your position group. So if it's the secondary, if it's the linebacker, if it's it's D-line, you have your guys and they should be there standing right next to you on the sideline for subbing purposes, especially if it is an, an offense that doesn't like the huddle and they're going fast, you have your your subs right there with you. So if a coach sends a guy on, then there should be a guy coming off. When, in this case where you have 10 guys, somebody came off, but obviously there was a miscommunication on why that guy came off because otherwise you would have saw the guy coming in for you that was relieving you of your your duty. So, uh, again, it happened. Like, the, the, the reasoning could probably just be very simple, which generally speaking, it, it, it was a player that had a mental lapse. I, that's, I wonder, that's I mean, all it is. The problem is, 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 like, I mean, just no, like that part of it, it's not on the player. The coach has to be aware of it too, right? And I mean, it, the player it, it, didn't hear the call, or he's got to know, like, hey, I only have three defensive linemen out there. Yes, like either the DC needs to know still, that, or they need to. I, I I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, in terms of if if they're, and I don't know their process. I don't know their process. I just know pretty much every every like defense I was on in college and in pro. Our rule of thumb is if you don't see your guy, you don't come off. Like, I know who my subs are. So I know if, if, if you know, Sam Shade or if, if this person, if, if Carlos Emmons is coming on for nickel, whatever it is, I know who my subs are. If I don't see my sub, if I don't see Reggie Torbor coming on, I'm not coming Reggie. off. I'm not coming off. So it's kind of like one of those things. Yes, it is on the coach ultimately, again, for what takes place. But with that being said, if I'm a player, I don't need to be a robot either. You know, sometimes I have to use deductive reasoning like, okay, they called this personnel grouping. He could have heard a personnel grouping or a defensive sure, call sure. But the, but where that, he's not that in on that package. To, yeah, I, I get it. That, that, that then even speaks to, though, whoever the captain is on defense. Like sure. if I'm a quarter, like think about it. On offense, I, I step out of the huddle because I want to make sure we have everyone. That, that's the first thing, the first thing you're responsible for. And even in no huddle, I have to communicate the formation and the play. And so I'm looking to make sure I've got everyone I need. So like generally, on offense, generally a, player, a linebacker, a linebacker doesn't check for the secondary though. The, the linebacker checks for the front group. Well, and then it, you look, have a safety that's, that's for, probably right. Right. The communication know. for the defense is different because a lot of times it's hand signals. They're looking. They're getting it. They're not really concerned about who who is where and all that. What I'm saying though is, if you've got a captain at linebacker, you should know both. You should know. Hey, this is the front. This is whatever. Well, whatever you're running, coverage, everything else. Soon as he called the call, yeah. Soon as he made the call, okay. You have to be the one to be able to make sure everyone's in the right spot for where they run fit or where their coverage is, right? And so that's the thing is, it doesn't matter if it's the head coach, the defense coordinator, the D line coach. That to your point of accountability, there's always a quarterback on one side of the ball, and in this instance too, like. 
you could look at that and say, well, these guys got to be aware, in particular whoever that quarterback is on defense for them, and say, dude, we're missing a guy. Like, it, it almost in that instance, you, you come out of your position to say, they're not there, I'm going to go take over where that defensive tackle is supposed to be. Because I can't let this offensive line get a running start at two DBs who are like looking around going, wait a second, something's off here. And 100%. then snap the football, you give up a touchdown. Well, somebody, again, like you said, before the ball is about to be snapped, somebody has to see. I made a call. If that call is a quarters, a dime, a nickel call, or if it's a heavy call, why do I only see three defensive linemen? Yeah. Say something like right. say it immediately. Don't like right. what do they say? The rule of thumb: don't keep a secret. Say it right. immediately. Hey, hey, 3D linemen, 3D linemen. Like say it. Yeah. Like I so. Jump off anyway, sides. That's the only thing they could jump or jump off sides. Something. Something. But anyway, that's again. I still think one of the the best things about a team that wins is that you make. I, I know this might sound crazy, but you make your coaches look good. Like, if they call an S call, you make that S into what you need to make it into. If if something needs to be adjusted, like, there's been times where where our guys adjusted play calls. Like, hell no, we ain't going with that. Like, like we're going we're going to do this, and, and, and you make that call, and you make it work. Like, based off of what the given scenarios are going on in the game, you have to be an extension of, of your coach sometimes in the game. You're going to see the game much differently than what the coach is going to see it because you're right there in it. And so, to me, in this moment, in this moment, you got to be so dialed in that as a player, and like you said, generally speaking, it is your middle backer. But sometimes, I mean, Derek Brooks was one of the most intelligent dudes like you'd ever come across. He was a weak side across, backer, though, right? And he was a weak side backer. Well, so, you had guys that, that aren't necessarily in the, in the play calling or the quarterback you know, position to make calls, but they were always smart enough or always were those type of guys that would make sure things were what they were supposed to be, even if they weren't in the middle position or or at the safety position where you're supposed to be quarterbacking the D. Somebody needed to step up and be the brain in that moment. It just didn't happen that way. I mean, for whatever reason it was, and again, I'll chalk it up to a mental lapse or just a mistake. It just was was just a big one. here's the reality. Ohio State took advantage. You know, Kyle McCord made some big throws in that final drive. They saw the weakness. They, they ran a play that, look, if, if they don't get that, the game's over. So it's, it's, there's some risk to that. But they saw it. They exploited it. And, and kudos to them. Like, that's what good teams do. Good teams find ways of winning football games in the final moments, and they don't make those sorts of mistakes. You know, clearly Notre Dame could match up with them throughout the course of the game. That's why they, they had Ohio State in that position. But, you know, that – and you don't want to put on just that one play because there's obviously a series of plays in which they could have executed, and who knows how different it would have been. But that hurt. I mean, to lose that game that way, that hurts. And that's one that I, – I, I've said this before. Like, you don't get over that. You don't. Like, that's one you have to find peace with. That's one you have to cope with. And I think the hardest thing is when you get flat-out beat, like when you have a team that's just better than you and, and, or on that day is better than you, it's easier to deal with that than it is when you made a mistake or you messed something up or, or even if there's any like indecision on it because then you're always going to second guess like, well, what could have we done different to get a different outcome to, to, to have changed that? 
So that's the hard thing for Notre Dame is they got to figure out a way of moving on, moving past this because it it's been a national piece of conversation. It will continue to be, um, you know, a part of the national conversation, especially if they don't go out there and beat Duke this week. And then it's two in a row, and that's all people are going to be talking about. Watching that game when it came down and they, you know, McCord completed that pass, got it down to the goal line. It reminded me so much of the Bush push game. Just that this was that the same side of the field as well. I, here's Why the thing would is, you bring that up? It was that end zone. But here's the thing I don't get about that. People have said that. I'm like, <laughs> what was the same about it? I mean, the drama. Off, yeah, but it, like, no offense to Ohio State. They weren't as good as USC was that year. Damn. You, you, I'm just saying, USC was on a 27-game win streak. I mean, that was a they, hell They'd of a been team. the back-to-back national champions trying to three-peat, and they had two Heisman Trophy winners on their team. Like, first off, the third and 19 that they had, they didn't even convert. They got it to within fourth and nine, then made a big play on fourth and nine. And so it was, to me, I was kind of like, everyone trying to make comparisons of, of this game and the feeling and all that to USC that year. And look, I, I hate to do this, but... It wasn't as big of a game as it was that year. I'm you sorry. Don't hate like, to do it. It's, it wasn't as big a game. You're, you're right. talking about a number one team that you're trying to knock off, and if you win, you have a chance to win a national championship or go play for one. If they win, they go on to play in it. So, yeah. I will say this does put a lot of pressure on Notre Dame in terms oh, of making the playoffs. Oh, There's no room for error. Oh, they're yeah. fu- listen, uh, Notre no Dame minus six this weekend. It's good. Yeah, just go ahead and take that and run with it. Minus, six. minus five and a half in some books. Yeah, DraftKings kind of had it ticked up a little bit. Did so, they? Did yeah. it come back down, or do you not refresh? I mean, maybe you, you look at the overnight. No, under? listen, I, I got it. I got it all locked and loaded live here from I the TireRack.com studios. The, you don't hit the refresh page. You could buy a half point. There's always that option too. You can you tease know. it. Yeah. yeah. A little gambling talk here for you. <laughs> oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.